Good afternoon and welcome to Susan Harmon Experience. Uh, this is Susan, and guess what? Lucky you. It's just me and Eric today, and we're going to cut up everything that's going on. There's a lot. You know, we've said this ever since Trump began his presidency. There's a lot of news today. <laughs> Eric, how are you doing? <laughs> hey, good afternoon, Susan. I'm doing fine on this beautiful Friday afternoon. It's great to talk to you once again. Well, you know, at this point in time, you are so right. Uh, I think our lowest temperature this week is going to be like, I don't know, 108, 109, something like that, up to 116. So <laughs> it is. I don't, you know, I'm always saying, well, it's dry heat, but I'm telling you at, at 110, 111, <laughs> It's a moot question. Yes. Stay, <laughs> it's hot. Stay indoors. <laughs> it's hot. And even the cats, I let them out in the morning, you know, and they're like on the porch like 10 minutes later. Okay, we've had enough outside time. We went back in the AC. <laughs> <laughs> right. Wow. Yeah. So hunting, who can hunt when it's this hot? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, hey, we have a VP pick for we the Democratic party we do kamala harris kamala harris i have some issues with a few of the things she did as attorney general you know and she's a, she's more conservative than i am but by gum by golly woohoo I, I you know to me it had to be a woman of color that yep. was essential it, that had to happen uh, i like stacy abrams but honestly Kamala is really good looking. That can't hurt. You know? <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. We, you know, well, it, it doesn't hurt. And she's a smart cookie, man. Yeah, she, she is, is smart. Oh, yeah. God, she's so smart. And I think that some of the decisions as attorney general, you know, incarcerating so many black men in California, um, I think she shifted somewhat um, of her view. And I, I sure. kind of want to do. But, you know, relate. Go ahead. I, I was just going to say in regards to that, just that, you know, just because somebody's in a position of power doesn't mean they have complete power to reform a existing That's system true. that has existed for years and years and years. Um, you know, especially that's a lot of pressure on a person of color to think right. that they can suddenly wave a magic wand and everything has changed. We we see yeah. how complicated it is, you know, when Obama became president and, you know, he really wanted to bring health care to everybody that needed it. But he had to make sacrifices and had to make um you know, he had, he had to negotiate to get what we got, which isn't perfect, but it was an, a step in the right direction. You know, I kind of see uh, jobs like uh, what Kamala Harris did in California as attorney general the same way, you know. You, mm-hmm. No, you, I get it. You don't have like a magic wand to just reform everything. Could she have done more? Probably. But, you know, that's, again, that's a lot of... Uh, a, a lot of expectations to put on somebody that, you know, you wouldn't if, necessarily if she, have put if she wasn't a person of color. And also, if she had really irritated people in an intense way, she would not be our VP prick, pick because she would not have been a senator. And she would. Do you know what I mean? So, yes. you know, all, all things, all, you know, they are what they are. And, and we are here now. And I was going to tell a, not my personal story, but a friend of mine uh, who um, is a is a film producer and an activist. Uh, she's supporting uh, an amazing woman in um, Idaho uh, for Senate who is native and just a you want to talk sharp cookie. This woman is absolutely uh, amazing woman. And uh, anyway, um, I had on Instagram, Heather. So since you put on Instagram, it's public knowledge. You know, uh, Heather Ray, she uh, she produced a film that Missy Upham starred in uh, called. Um, what the heck was that name of it? Uh, Frozen River, Frozen River. If right. you've never seen that movie, it's an amazing movie. Um, so check it out, folks. Frozen River, Misty Upham starring in it. Heather Ray was the producer. Heather Ray talked about meeting uh, Kamala Harris at some some activist group that they were doing. And she said, you know, hello, how much you appreciate her. 
a couple of years later saw her at something else and Kamala remembered her and their discussion. And she spent like 15, 20 minutes with her, with Heather's daughter and her friend talking to these young girls. That tells me something about the character of this woman who not only remembered this person who, who isn't like a major, you know, do you know what I mean? She's not Francis Ford Coppola. Do you know what I mean? Sure. She re- yeah. Remembered she's not her. a superstar. Exactly. <laughs> she's a yeah. normal person. Yeah. She's a, and, and really, a really cool person in my opinion. I'm sure. Yeah. But just but, not super famous. Exactly. And that she would spend the time with these girls I find that so telling about what kind of a person she is. And I I like that. So it was really nice hearing this personal uh, story from someone I follow on Instagram, but I, I know her and I like her and I respect her. And so for her to say that, and she's not the kind, she's the kind of person that'll stand up and say, I think this person has blah, 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 you know, <laughs> she doesn't like him, right? Sure. So she gets her unvarnished opinions. Exactly. Exactly. I don't know. We. I'm kind of like that, you know. Every you, you give unvarnished everything. <laughs> like, you don't have to wonder what I'm really thinking. That's, that's right. <laughs> so, and sometimes it's oh my god, I can't believe she said that. Uh, anyway, um, I just uh, I think it's right a good along. ticket, and I I love the fact too that she's so much younger. You know, that's good news. There's there's a lot of good points. I think she's uh, going to bring a lot of positive energy. Uh, a lot of positive energy. To the administration. Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, I, and I can't wait for them to win. Uh, we, of course, have an issue with our U.S. Postal Service. People pay attention, sign petitions. Do not let them destroy the U.S. Postal Service. This is an essential aspect of our country, uh, that we have mail that works. Uh, mail-in ballots, they just don't keep mentioning. I know Washington State, I believe Colorado, what are a couple of the other states that that have been using mail-in ballots for a little while now? Um, I, you know, I'll have to look that to up. To look that up? Yeah. Okay. I, but I, as, I, we, as most of our listeners live in Washington State, we know how well it works uh, with yeah. mail-in ballots, how easy it is and how much it increases voter turnout. It's a no-brainer, really. And and it, there's nothing wrong with it. And it's really not uh, all that different from um, from uh, absentee ballot. I mean, it's pretty much the same thing, absentee ballot. It is ballot. the same thing, yes. It is. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Very, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So for, for Donald the liar Trump, to uh, who stand is also up there, using a mail-in ballot? Who's also using a mail-in Him ballot? Him and his wife. Right. Yeah, uh, if they uh, if they can do it. Him and his immigrant wife. Let's be sure that we 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 recognize that some immigrants uh, have more um, attributes than others. Um, if they can use it, why would he want to keep? It? Oh, and the Floridians. That's okay in Florida if they have mail-in ballots. Right. Basically, he thinks it's okay if a Republican is the governor uh, for them to have mail-in ballots. Just uh, like sending unmarked, uh, no insignia, federal uh, troops into only Democratic-held cities in the country. Uh, It's... If anyone doesn't get the first stages of fascism uh, and uh, and how much sim- how similar this is to the rise of Hitler, uh, then they're not paying any attention. And I have had and such. Go ahead. By the way, it's Colorado, Hawaii, Oregon, Utah, and Washington that conduct what are commonly referred to as all male elections. Right. And I don't think there's been any problems in any of these states. That's correct. Of course, Hawaii is suspect because it claims that Obama was born there. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Well, (laughs) yeah. Have you seen already? Trump is trying to do the birtherism part two with uh, Kamala Harris. I know it's completely ridiculous. Father from Jamaica was born in Jamaica. Her mother was born in India. They immigrated here. She was born in Oakland, and he's trying, you know, birth her point one oh two or whatever the heck it is. 
Two. Thank you. Thank you. I the sequel is always dumber than the original, which was already pretty. Which dumb. was already pretty dumb. Um, I don't know. You know, we didn't say that about Ted Cruz, and he was born in Canada. Right. Nobody had an issue with him running, and he was born in Canada. Wait a minute. What color is he? Oh, my God. Could that have anything at all to do with it? Well, what party is he also? Oh, that's right. Oh, silly me. I don't know how I missed that. Um, It's just, okay, folks, disclaimer, sarcasm. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So I've been looking up a lot of things. And one of the issues that really bothers me from the far right, and I'm going to call them what they are because they are, I I have a friend who I love dearly, but uh, you know, he would say these outrageous things, and I'd say, you're not a conservative, you're a reactionary. You know, there is a difference. And so that's what I see, the Trump supporters, they're not conservatives, they're reactionaries. George Conway is a conservative. I may not agree with him on policy, and I don't, but I do think he's an honorable man. I felt the same way about... Um, John McCain. John McCain. Uh, I didn't agree with him, but I never felt he was anything less than an honorable man. And that I don't have issue with. I have an issue with, I think that the lies, he's told over 20,000 lies since he's become president. And that figures out to almost 24, 23 point something per day. Wow. That's almost two dozen per day. And that just goes, I think, through May or June of this year. And he has steadily increased in 2020. Now, we're, we're, we're like less than three months away from the uh, election. And you know that the lies are going to like double or triple. You know, with that many lies, I always wonder if... <laughs> Is he so deluded that he believes his lies or does he know that he's lying does constantly? he care is probably or, the question. Well, that that's also on top of that. Uh, does he care if he knows? <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it, which right. came first, <laughs> the chicken or the egg kind of thing? Or the, or you the know? orange monster. Is, right. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Yeah, Bones. I don't think we'll ever know the answer to that, whether he, he knows that he's, you know, being completely dishonest all no, day, every day. I don't think I really don't know that he that 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 there's a line between truth and lie with him. There is whatever is expedient for me. That is truth has nothing whatsoever to do with anything that uh, you know Bunker Boy wants to do. It the only thing that matters is does it benefit me? That's it. Can right. I benefit right. from saying this or doing this? There is nothing else except do I benefit. And um, so I'm really tired of reactionaries referring to people whose policies are actually middle of the road. When you look at the stats on the number of Americans who support the policies, they are not the radical left. And that was, they're not the radical left. It's absolutely outrageous. For instance, when we talk about 81% of uh, American voters support the Green New Deal and they, and, and they, their response to that, because it was a bipartisan uh, study, 92% of Democrats and 64% of Republicans uh, strongly or somewhat support. And they put the far left package. Like, how is it far left if you have 81% of people supporting it? How is that far left? That's middle of the road. So it, it to continue to use that terminology and people go along with it drives me batty. Imagine all the stuff that we that are is already built built into our country now. If it was being proposed now, that you know reactionaries, as you call them, would call you know far left, radical left ideas. You know what I mean? Like right at the fire department. <laughs> the police That's department. socialism. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, you know, uh, public education, all these socialism. things. Yeah, that's, and now that's, that's what it'd be called. They're, 
they're selling all these children going back to school. Now, what they found, and 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 I don't know how how good these. I don't have stats on it, so you know, take this with a grain of salt. But there has been some indication. That's all I'm going to say. Some indication that children may have a different, a lighter case or something, and be asymptomatic, but they can pass it on. Exactly. And well, if they can pass it on to their teachers, we're going to have all the teachers. And then when they tell people, if you don't go into the classroom, put your life in danger and teach, you're you, you're going you're to be gonna, fired. Essentially, you're going to be yeah. fired. And you can't collect unemployment because you've broken your contract. Well, because you, according to the contract, they can't quit for that. Yeah, and you've put your finger on it right there because Trump is spinning this. Well, only a little bit of death is happening with children with COVID. Uh, so therefore, we should open all the schools. <laughs> but, you know, children aren't the only people present at Involved. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, exactly. I mean— but we don't care about them because they're not wealthy. Teachers are, are not uh, you know, extremely well paid. You know, I mean, I just had my tenant say, listen, I was a teacher and I made more money going to work at Domino's. <laughs> you, know? Mm. you know, I thought that was a bit of an exaggeration, but it could be true. You know what I'm saying? I, again, anecdotal. We, we try to avoid right, anecdotal, right. Uh, you know, measurements of things. But I've been, you know, just really looking at how different things uh, have changed. Now, 76 years ago, uh, we had a president named Franklin Delano Roosevelt, mm-hmm. who there are people in this country who are still irritated with him. <laughs> True. Uh, they're not very bright people. They're uh, they're they're not uh, they're not forward thinking people. They're uh, in his 1944 State of the Union address, he outlined what he called his second Bill of Rights, and we've talked about this on the show before. But I just wanted to quickly tell our audience what those eight points are and how important they are to us as a nation. I'm just going to read off. His economic bill of rights would provide equality. And isn't that something with all of the marches around uh, Floyd's death and everything? It's all about equality and mm-hmm. how we we could have that in our country. And I truly believe in, in the United States of America. I truly believe we can be that which we were meant to be. Uh, you know, it's supposed to be a government of, by, and for the people. So when people tell me, I hate the government, well, you're supposed to be the government. But when the people abdicate their responsibility, this is what we get. You cannot abdicate your responsibility. You know, it's just like wearing a mask. I wear a mask to protect you. You wear a mask to protect me. They could save, what, another 70,000 deaths if just everybody wore a mask. From this point forward. Right. So the people that are most upset... Uh, about the, you know, uh, the the pandemic and the lockdowns and inconveniences of wearing a mask uh, are the, <laughs> and uh, are the least willing, apparently, to put in the little effort to make sure we end this thing so that we can all move on. Exactly. There, uh, another proud moment for Arizona. Uh <laughs> I'm telling you, I do. I do like where I'm living. I, 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 there are neighbors I avoid speaking to, uh, <laughs> but you know what? I am going to talk to the Democratic Party and tell them I want the biggest yard sign I can put up in my yard for uh, the um, um, Biden uh, Harris ticket. All right, <laughs> that's right, and I. And I'm not that concerned because three doors down on the other side of the street, we have a surprise police officer that I don't care what his politics are. Uh, if somebody attacks me and my sign in my yard and I have cameras, people, there's cameras out there. <laughs> Let, let's hope it doesn't come to any of them. I know. I know. Well, I don't know. The guy next door. Is, uh-huh. Anyway. Um, so the eight things, the eight points on the second bill of rights. One. The right to a useful and remunerative, a well-paying job 
in the industries or shops or fine farms or mines of the nation. In other words, everybody should have a job that uh, pays a living wage. Not, not, not a minimum wage, a living wage that, that you can live off of, off of the labors of your, uh, that your work is valuable, you're valuable, and you should have a decent job. The second thing was the right to earn enough to provide adequate food, clothing, and recreation. In other words, not just subsistence, not just, okay, I got the rent covered and the electricity covered and all this, uh, but we also have to eat and, and you know, and it'd be nice to buy a new shirt now, now and again and maybe go to a movie, you know? Yeah, that kind of thing. A, l- a, little, bit, a little bit of expendable, uh, you know, uh, money, right? Well, it's kind of it sounds like uh, the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. What a concept. <laughs> I, I, I think, anyway, the third thing was the right of every farmer. And I thought this was important because we used to call ourselves the breadbasket of the world. We were the ones that provided for for other people. We've we always had more than enough. We had enough for everybody in this country and for other countries. And then we we went crazy and we started doing GMOs and all this other stuff. But anyway, so the third point was the right of every farmer to raise and sell his products at a return which will give him and his family a decent living. At this point, 1944, we weren't looking at big commercial farms. We were looking at family-owned farms, family, you know, family farming. Mm-hmm. And that was a good system. It was a much better system. The Russians discovered when they started doing those great big farms, they didn't work well. They went back to the smaller farms because it's much better. The food's better. Uh, you know, people have a vested interest in making sure you're eating well. Okay, so farmers... We always need, you know, anyone who doesn't realize how much we need farmers, think about that food doesn't come in a cellophane package you get at the grocery store. (laughs) It started out coming out of the earth. The right of every businessman, large and small, to trade in an atmosphere of freedom from unfair competition and domination by the monopolies at home or abroad. One of the things the founding fathers were so set against was corporations. They really didn't like them because of the trading companies and all the other things where they dominated everything, where they where they became monopolies. And that's what we have now. Uh, you know, you have a business like Walmart that goes into a place and they they build so that they destroy the mom and pop operations like a lot of rural areas and then the only jobs you can get are at walmart and they don't pay you they pay you subsistence so then the taxpayers have to supplement your wages because walmart doesn't pay them enough with food stamps and so forth and i love that bernie sanders uh was billing these companies that are doing that for uh, pay us back the uh, the tax dollars because you're not paying your employees enough to live off of. So those are things we, we we can change that. We can we can do a lot to make that different. The next point was the right of every family to a decent home. Right now we're in a position because uh, the Senate just went home without getting a bill passed, a bill that the House had passed. What was it? Three months ago? Two months ago? When when they uh, did the the new uh, COVID bill to help people out, the House bill I don't remember the exact date. Do you, Eric? But I, the House not off the top of my head, but it it's been a while. And, it's been quite a while. Yes, and, and it's rep- been at least a couple of months. Right. All right. So what's going to happen now that there's no help with uh, with renters? There's going to be a lot of evictions. And where do those people go? Well, when people say, well, they could move in with family members, can they? Can they really? (laughs) Probably a huge number cannot. And where are they going to go? They're going to go under a bridge. That's where they're going to go. They're going to be, they're going to join the ranks of the homeless that we still have because of the mortgage uh, bailout that went to the banks rather than to the homeowners. So, the right of every family to a decent home. That's not really asking too much. In a country like this, in our country, every every family should have a decent home. 
The next thing that I think is real important, something that we were just talking about, uh, the right to adequate medical care and the opportunity to enjoy, achieve and enjoy good health. Now, uh, the Medicare for all is something I totally support, as does, uh, what, 69% of the voters. I wrote this down somewhere, but now I can't find it. I'll find it in a minute. But it's a huge number of people that... Uh, that support this. Both Democrats and Republicans want a health care system, not a sick care system, not a, a health care for profit system. When we have hospitals that only make sure they have enough beds that they can can always keep the beds full. And so when we have something like COVID, we have a shortage. We have a shortage because of the way we set up our system to fail. We set it up to fail. And uh, we're not doing a whole lot to, to change that. So Medicare for all is, uh, and I think Ro Khanna was the one who said uh, he would not be, uh, uh, now, while he's supporting the Biden-Harris ticket, which anybody with any brains is going to support, uh, he says he will say no on the platform, of uh, the Democratic platform, because when we say that health care is a human right, we must truly mean it and fight for it. He says, I believe that moving away from a profit-based health care system is the moral issue of our time. Because of that belief, I cannot vote for a platform that lacks a clear statement supporting Medicare for all. That's my position as well. And I think that's something worth fighting for because people people need that. I know I'm rattling papers. Don't scold me. Uh, all right, the right to adequate protection from the economic fears of old age, sick, sickness, accident, and unemployment. And what do you think all this talk about getting rid of Social Security? We need that social net to protect people. You get older and you can't labor like you did when you were young. I mean, I don't consider myself old. I consider myself rather mature. <laughs> well, nor should you have to. People no, should not exactly. have to work till they're 90 years old or older in this country just to um, not die in poverty. Right. And, and I, you know, I'm always saying, well, I'll die in the traces, but I do what I love doing. That's, you know what I mean? That's the difference. I'm not, I see women that are my age that are going to work at a, at a department store where they hate it because they can't survive on the money they have. And they're they're doing these these little jobs. Or like my one friend who was working at the uh, Golden not Golden Corral is out of business now, um, the Cracker Barrel. And she doesn't like it, but she needs the paycheck, you know. And when you're in your sixties and all, and you're and you're working at the Cracker Barrel, standing on your feet all day, that's not fun. Um, but it's the right for adequate protection, so you don't have to be concerned about about your age. I mean, seriously, when I was in my 40s, I did a job, the worst job I ever had in my life. I did a job where I was mixing mud in a wheelbarrow, pushing it around, and then slinging it up to a second-story scaffolding. That was hard labor. I could barely move at the end of that day, and I was stupid enough to go back the second day. So... So I've done I've done hard work, and I understand that. But you can't do that at a certain point point in your life. Your your body is not going to allow for it. Um, sickness, accident, and unemployment, and we need that. We need Social Security. And you hear these people that are multimillionaires and billionaires wanting to cut Social Security. Well, they don't need it. The workers of this nation need it. And the final point was the right to a good education. And I think that's uh, seriously in a concern right now because of the way that we're handling uh, the Department of Education. Uh, we have uh, a person, uh, the head of that department, crazy woman, who, uh, you know. Boss. Oh, God, yes. And she um, wants to protect these uh, private uh, uh Colleges, you know, these little scam colleges that are taking like especially veterans money 
and uh, not giving them an education. They can't they can't get a job from what they get, and they take all the money, and they're not and they and and they were ordered to repay it, and they haven't. You know, they just get away with it day after day, year after year of scamming and and harming people so they don't get a decent education. And we used to, I don't think I'm smarter than the generations under me, but I am better educated. Of course, I was one of those crazy people who went, who went to college going, yeah, that sounds interesting. I'll sign up for that class. You know? Whereas people with any sense said, what do I need to get a degree and a job? So, um, but I ended up with a double major and a triple minor and I just, I love school, but like I said, I'm a crazy person. So, um, that what, and the, all of those points, those eight points that Roosevelt, those are all doable. Those are all doable for us right now, 76 years later. What's it going to take folks? What is it going to take? Because we have an amazing country if we just live up to who we are. But we're not, we're not living our potential. You know, this is not who, who we are as a nation. We need to get back and find ourselves and, and say, oh, wow, this is, I don't hate everybody else. I'm not against people who are looking for a better life. I don't want my country to, to have policies that hurt other countries. I want us to find ways to work with other nations. I mean, right now as an American, I can't go to the EU. I can't go, you know, did you love that when 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 he, Trump put out a travel ban against New Zealand? And yeah, yeah, the one country that managed to completely contain yeah, COVID. Exactly. <laughs> they recently just had their first case after 104 days of no cases. Boy, right. we <laughs> would love exactly. to uh, be in that situation right now. And the prime minister stood up when they when they went to opening everything up. She said, we, we've been, you know, we flattened the curve uh, for what was it like three weeks or something. But she says, don't get don't get everything. It will hit us again, she mm -hmm. said, and we'll have to address it when it does. How good is that? That's a leader. That's what a leader does. Hello, D.C., pay attention. This is what a real leader does. They're honest with the population. It's a beautiful. I mean. Now, Washington State, not totally, but has somewhat done stages very similar to uh, New Zealand. And I know the city of Chicago has done that, too. They're not exactly the same, but they're in that phasing uh, mode. And I think that's really great. Those That has been the best way that I've seen uh, that, to handle this. But to to... to I mean, finally, I'm like, we're number one. It's not a, a good thing to be number one about more deaths than any other country. And it's not. And yes, we are bigger. But when you go, you know, uh, percentage wise, we're still way, way ahead of everybody else. Not who we're supposed to be. All right. We're, we're going to we're going to take a break and then Susan is going to come back and ramble and um, talk a little bit more about this. And one of the things I want to talk about, which I think will be warm the cockles of your heart, Eric, is QAnon. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh boy. So stay tuned for more scintillating talk on Susan Harmon Experience. From Susan Harmon's private collection, these rare finds are now available for purchase until the end of June 2020. Quartz crystals that are large generators, rare Antarctic crystals with only three available, Russian phenakite, just one amazing specimen left, Czech moldavite of medium-sized high-quality pieces, and various spears. Check out the pictures at Susan Harmon's Facebook page or email susan at susanharmon.com or call 206. 8535225 that's 2068535225 five things you need to know about measles in 30 seconds the vaccine was developed in 1963 and measles became rare in the US but low vaccination rates are now causing outbreaks that may put you at risk 
Measles is highly contagious and spreads easily when an infected person breathes or coughs. Measles can have serious complications and can be deadly. It's also easy to prevent with a vaccine that's safe and effective. Please make sure you and your loved ones are vaccinated. Learn more at nfid.org slash measles. On Friday, Manson Mitchell welcomed James Fadiman and Jordan Gruber, authors of Your Symphony of Selves, as they join us to discuss the long-overlooked idea of healthy multiple personalities. On Saturday, we play an encore presentation of DJs for a Day, honoring two of our favorite friends from Puget Sound. Bringing you mastery and mystery one hour at a time since 2007. We are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk, AM 1150. Susan Harmon is offering a 20% discount on a bi-locality session if booked by June 15, 2020. Social distancing? No problem. You receive the energy in one location while Susan uses stones and sound in the pyramid at another location. To book your session or to ask about a three-session special, email susan at susanharmon.com or call 206-853-5225. That's 206-853-5225. Alternative Talk 1150, talk radio for the body, mind, and soul. Welcome back to Susan Harmon Experience. You know, one of the things that that also um, gets to me when we never ask, well, where are we getting the money to to buy all these weapons that the Army doesn't even want? Right. Where are we getting money? That question's never asked. And they always ask that, well, where are we going to get the money for, for education? Where are we going to get the money for the Green New Deal? Where are we going to get the money for Medicare for All? And yet, they've easily shown where the money comes from well, you you're, you don't spend it on this because we have the most expensive health care on the planet for the least return. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you just move this thing, and it's actually a lot cheaper. Medicare for all is cheaper. It's just not going into the hands of the insurance companies. And when I have someone tell me, well, I don't want the government deciding my, my health care, I said, oh, okay, I'm on Medicare, and trust me, Nobody decides that. There are some things that they pay for and they don't. It's pretty well listed. But now you don't mind an insurance clerk, a $10 an hour insurance clerk, deciding what you get and what you don't get. Basically, your choice is a giant corporation (laughs) or the government, which you can at least vote. uh, Which you can vote and change. Unless you're a stockholder in a giant corporation, you don't get a vote. That's right. And what about... Back to the military spending, which is so bloated that all of our police, they're selling weapons. What what does a police department need with a tank? Right. You know, so the, all these weapons are being sold. We've militarized our police department. The Seattle PD was a really great community police department. We have got to get back to community policing because it worked. Crime was down. The relationship between the community and the police was good. You militarize the police force, and it falls apart. That's fascism, people, and it is not to our benefit. So cut the military spending. And here's my fave. Let's get the petroleum industry off of welfare. You want to take Social Security away? No. You want to take the petroleum industry getting money for research they don't need. There's so many other ways, and you put the Green New Deal in, yeah, you're going to need to make a transition. There's, I still drive a, a gas-driven, you know, a gas-run car. But I get off that thing. I know. <laughs> you know, I will. And when I, you know, it's the sort of thing, that transition period. Yeah. Yeah. You have, you're, you're, you're good. you got your car is, is a, uh, you don't have a Prius. What do you have? I've got a Chevy Volt. So I... I'm slightly hypocritical because it's got a gas backup. Uh, right. But, uh, you know, I'm looking at switching to the Bolt, actually, which is all electric. So, Well, um, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. And it can be done. You know, it can be done, and we can make that transition. It's just trying to get it done. And the pharmaceutical companies, when we pay more for uh, drugs in the United States than they do in other countries, and it's the same pharmaceutical companies, how do they get away with that? How do they get away with charging American 
pharmaceutical companies charging Americans more for a drug than they charge in other countries. How does that happen? That's because other countries use collective bargaining to Thank you. get their prices lower, something well, that we could do. You know, we talk about changing our health care, but not once do I hear anyone talk about Medicare used to buy drugs for Medicare recipients. Mm -hmm. They always said they bought them and you got them through Medicare. And it was like a tenth of the price. There's never a mention of going back to that. Well, that's something that should definitely be happening. And if we have Medicare for all, then our country then takes care of us. The people who put the money in get the money back out. I mean, well, not, you know, blue state, red state kind of mentality. But you know, it's, just like, it's just like Trump saying, well, we just won't give California any money. They're the fifth largest economy on the planet. And they've been mismanaging it. No, we, we've got hit by uh, the, the economy. You know, there's such a false view of our economy. That, that's another super big issue for me. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to say one thing, then jump back to the economy, because you know how my circuitous logic works. Um, <laughs> Eisenhower said, beware of the, of the military-industrial complex, and mm -hmm. he was totally right. That is what we have to look out for because the military-industrial complex is not our friend, my friends. Um, we have to look at I, – I read an article – I'm sorry, it's right here somewhere. I read an article today, I think it was, about the um, – um, stop – about the um, – Difference, but oh, here it is. I put it where I wouldn't have to rattle papers to look for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, mission accomplished. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> How can Wall Street be so healthy when Main Street isn't? And this was written like two days ago. Um, and it is really, uh, it was an interesting article. I'm not going to do the whole thing, but they talk about the S&P 500 is, is roughly back to where it was before the coronavirus slammed the U.S., even though millions of workers are still getting unemployment. It said it's the benchmark index for stock funds. But here's what I, because I don't pay any attention to the stock market, but I found this really interesting. And it said that um, the U.S. and global economies have shown some improvement since the spring when businesses locked down. But it says uh, the number of virus cases continues to rise across most of the U.S., um, and uh, the, <laughs> the lack of a strategy to contain it is, you know, the cause of that. Anybody with any brains knows that. But it says many industries, such as airlines, hotels, and dining, uh, could take years to recover. They're talking about this uh, because of the fact that Wall Street has flourished because of the way they measure it. They said... Um, the corner bars, the family restaurants, the hair salons, and other small businesses are teetering or closing for good aren't listed on the stock market. Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, Facebook, Google, they're all these are all their stocks alone are dictating the actions of the S&P 500 more than ever before. I found this really interesting that uh, big tech and their profits are piling up. Um, people are working at home and there's other trends that have boosted them. So the big uh, the five big tech-oriented giants are now worth a co combined $7.6 trillion all by themselves. And they account for more than 22% of the S&P 500's total value. Now, that's fascinating to me, even though, you know, like I said, I don't follow the stock market. I'm like, well, why are we using the stock market as a benchmark? Well, because the people that are involved with it are the the 1% and the 2%. And that's what they care more about than they do, you know, Joe Blow that, uh, you know, makes the, the little the little parts in the computer that you're getting. Um, and the, they're talking about don't fight the Fed. So the central banking is doing everything it can to support the economy, cutting interest rates. Now, mind you, this is all written from a business perspective, okay, not from a humanitarian perspective. But we need to look... Uh, that the unpresented promise to buy even riskier corporate debt. So they're cutting country interest rates to nearly zero. And they say that's not going to change until in 2022. Um, 
the Fed is signaled that will help keep its benchmarks short-term interest rate at nearly zero through at least 2022. And how right rates so are often like steroids for stocks. So I, I, I'm sharing this with you guys to have a better understanding of why there's millions of people out of work and they're saying the economy is looking good. Well, it's looking good because people are going to stocks, gold, and other investment, and they're boosting up their prices, and this is making a difference. The, the investors uh, seem to expect Washington to eventually come to a compromise and throw another lifeline to the economy. Well, the fact that, that um, the Senate left uh, to go home on vacation without doing that uh, and I, I signed a petition, I hope you guys will too, telling the Senate, Senate, you need to get back to D.C. now and get back to work and get this bill passed. Uh, you know, people literally are dying from, from not having uh, this kind of help. Um, interesting. So this was, there's so many different articles and things that tell you, you know, how this stuff works and, 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 what, uh, and, and what's going to, you know, how all of this will change and not change. The three things that the economy looks at is growth, high employment, and price stability. So this is why Wall Street is doing great and Main Street isn't. So when we look at the Green New Deal, 81% of people support that. When we look at um, the other the other things that uh, uh, the are supported that are supposed to be far left, they're not far left. They're mainstream. Uh, Medicare for all, that's 69% of, the, of, of, of voters want that. I mean, all of this is, is, the, is mainstream. It is not far left. So, But the far right, which is a much smaller portion in our country than people realize, they keep pumping this out. And the other thing that they do that kind of makes me crazy, QAnon. Okay. And they just, and the reason I bring it up, uh, I don't know if you saw this, Eric, but they just elected a woman in Georgia. She, uh, she won the, her primary. She won her primary, yeah. but it's a deep red uh, district. And yeah, the chances so she, of a Democrat she, beating her is right. really slim to zero. Uh, because of the way they gerrymandered districts and disenfranchised people. Uh, yeah. She, so we're going to have – we have cr crazy people in our Congress already. Okay, that's a given. Right. But we're talking around Just the Just look at band. Matt Gates, for instance, or yes. <laughs> Trey Gowdy. But now, Trey Gowdy and Matt Gates are going to look very normal when this woman hits the... <laughs> it's DC. Right. Excuse me. <clears throat> oh, sorry. So, any, uh, any Star Trek folks out there? Me, me. Remember Q... Remember Q on Star Trek? <laughs> sure. Okay. On the next so, generation. On the next generation, right. So the description of Q, in which I find absolutely amazing, uh, let me see if I can find where I wrote that. Um, oh, that's because I put this in front of it and I made it long. Um <sighs> That's my me growling. And by the way, uh, you're you're talking about this story. It's Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, and this is Georgia's 14th congressional district that we're talking about. Yeah, and I know why I can't see it because when I when I copied it and pasted it and then printed it out, um, I can't see it because that is uh, too pale on the on the thing that I'm looking at, and so. I can find where I have it here, and I think I'll, I'll be able to. Anyway, so QAnon yes. is is taken, I think, originally from this character uh, on Star Trek. Oh, interesting. Q. Mm -hmm. Because when you look at uh, the description of Q. Uh, he's an extra-dimensional being of unknown origin hmm. who possesses immeasurable power over time, space, the laws of physics, and reality itself, being capable of altering it to his whim. Now, when you start looking at the whole QAnon thing, it's fascinating 
because they they they've built this this QAnon. It's a conspiracy theory that. Uh, is supposed to be uh, exposing the secret plot by this alleged, uh, uh, you know, the deep state, the whole deep state thing. The theory began with an October 2017 post on the anonymous by Q, who was presumably an American individual, but it probably became a group of people claimed to have access to classified information involving uh, the the, the the deep state and its opponents in the United States. So um, QAnon was preceded, and I found this fascinating, was preceded by several similar anonymous uh, posters, such as FBI Anon, uh, HLI, HLI Anon, High Level Insider is what that was, HLI, High Level Insider Anon, CIA Anon, and WH in White House Insider Anon. But QAnon stuck. That's the one that made people more excited. I think it's because, uh, you know, it's the is a reference to the uh, used by the U.S. Department of Energy. QAnon believers commonly tag their social media posts with with tag WWG1WGA, signifying when we go one, we go all. And uh I think it was Pence used that in, in one of his speeches, too. So both Pence and Trump are doing what they can to support uh, the idea that QAnon is real. All right. So I find it just really incredibly deceptive uh, to do this. I, I mean, I love Star Trek. I think that's a great idea, but still. I just wish they would cling on to the facts rather than... <laughs> <laughs> do these conspiracy theories but as we know the the president has has been one of the biggest uh proponents of conspiracy theories in this country i mean all his stuff is based on you know uh just baseless <laughs> theories with no information or you know supporting no evidence fact. backing no him supporting up yeah. evidence at all he can just say whatever and because i said it it's true right and once again didn't we start this program today uh, basically saying he says whatever will get him what he wants exactly and that's all he cares about and if you are still supporting this man then there's something wrong with you seriously wrong with you i mean i'm not kidding i'm I, i'm not being nice anymore i'm oh we had, I don't know, we're almost out of time, but we had a baby man in a Sprouts in Tucson whose son, who's much smaller than him, had to physically carry him out of the store because he was refusing to wear a mask and was attacking the workers in the store. So Just have a little respect for your fellow human beings, you know. Folks. It doesn't take that much for us to be kind and loving to one another. Let's just really go there with that. But until we meet again, there is something you can do. If you're alone in your house, if you're driving down the street in your car, or if you're in Sprouts, just keep dancing. <laughs>